Welcome to the Resourced Woman Podcast. I'm Bryony Montgomery, mother of four, body worker, coach, healer, teacher, and writer, and the founder of The Mother Way, a 20-year personal and professional journey created for unmothered women who are ready to activate their power, resourcing themselves within and longing to root themselves in belonging through The Mother Way journey, women's circle, and one-on-one sessions centralized around healing the mother wound. And today I've uh, got uh, an amazing and inspiring woman uh, sharing the space with me today. I've got Melanie Jubri-Jones, who is an Indigenous ceremonist, seer, speaker and author of the book, The Power of Naming, The Journey Towards Your Soul's Indigenous Nature and TEDx speaker. She has described herself as a lover of language and in the business of troublemaking and wisdom, which I deeply resonate with. And Melanie, I'd like to invite you to further your introduction and and come in and give us a little expansion on that on that prayer mm. on that bio. Thank you. So I'm just um, couldn't say welcome everybody. And um, I'm going to offer up a poem um, as a prayer for the intro. And, um, you know, I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I walk in creator's favor. I know this is true because I'm on the color of chocolate and soil. Every day the sun walks along the border of night. It's a great day. The thunder being showed me my vision long ago. Create a world of beauty from a world of chaos. They love me so much, they left their calling card next to my left eye, a lightning bolt. The elements call me by my ancestral name, Shante Petawi, fire heart woman. The wind blows my mind, literally. Every fear the ego drops is blown away. The ego's a lightweight, it turns out. The star nation plays amazing harmonies with blessing and wisdoms encoded. But you have to show up and offer them a pinch of tobacco. It's the cost of the ticket. The sun, she's a little wacky, but I love her all the same. She sets me afire. She's the reason why I'm such a bright light. How could I not be with the wildfire and she's tucked inside me? Mother Moon gives great shade. She pulls me close singing for me to remember who I am. She fills my dream world with miracles I live out. Often the angels come to speak my next vision. They are so soft-spoken. You really have to listen until they laugh. Then they roar like wild beasts and wake me up. This always makes, always makes them feel bad, but it gives me leverage to ask them to play music into my chest for the night. So we're cool. Upon awakening, I grab for the espresso and I head out to the mother tree and mother earth. I pray to the tree nation first. She takes out my pin curls from the night before my wavy hair drops down to resemble her arms. I knew we were related. Now, Mama Earth, she plays no games. She's serious, but you would be too if you had the weight of the world literally on your back. She's kind to me, always says, daughter, slip off those moccasins and set your feet upon me. And all of a sudden, I'm cooing like a swallowed but loved newborn. What a way to start the day. The cooing is the interest song for the ancestors showing up in their long dreads and tribal wear. They have plumes and beading woven in their hair like that's normal. I love it. 
They sing and drum their African and native songs, drum their legacy into my being. This compasses me to truth and harmonizes my soul into the great mysteries love. I recognize myself in them. They surround me, kissing me into being. They sit me down and replay the movies of all they've been and done. They tell me to remember who I am, gods in jeans and sweaters. I always get teary and then I get low onto the earth to pay homage. I owe them my best on this visit here. All they are are who I hope to become. They are water for my thirst in a world that would like to keep me parched by invisibility. They see my bruises, scars, and beauty, telling me to keep on keeping on. You got medicine. I am living in their glory and of the creator. I know who I am. I know who, what I'm here to do. I know who I serve. I serve the God in you. I dance in the ceremonial life. I am tribal by nature. I belong to tribe divine. I belong to you and you belong to me. I need no law to grant me freedom. I was born that way. I am love incarnate. This is who I am. I am Melanie Dewberry. Hey. Oh, that's beautiful, Melanie. Really beautiful to share Thank that. You, yeah, it's really yeah. I love the words and 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 the imagery and it's really hard to keep rooted without wanting to go down and and have a little play in in what you're sharing. But why why I met uh, why I've invited Melanie to the Resource Woman podcast was that I met Melanie um, was last year in 2019, which it actually feels like I've known uh, Melanie for a little bit for much longer than that. Yeah. Um, I met her through the uh, Dharma course with Shamali from Awakening Women. And what I remember um, when uh, you were a guest teacher, Melanie, on the on the course was I just, I, I saw that your teachings and your presence and I just knew that I had to reach out and mm. speak with you, that your presence and and your energy and the way uh, the 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 almost like the the essence of your being just spoke so deeply like this is the woman like look at her fire look at her presence she knows who she is and I I felt so drawn to what you were doing in the world but it was this presence that you had and when I when we um start when I um reached out and spoke to you about um working with you um, back in 2019, I I just was so inspired by the way that you hold space and the way mm. that you witness and the way that you, uh, everything is just fully present and there. And, you know, and, and I just thought, wow, this is an incredible uh, teaching, incredible gift, incredible vibration. And I knew this in my soul level that this is what's needed in the world, particularly that witnessing and that holding space for others while they uh, are seen. Uh, and and that sense of, because uh, we're so conditioned to be um, small and invisible and to shape ourselves into a way that, that fits into our environment or to the culture or to our, our family, that 
to be able to be seen and heard and witnessed in such a sacred way was extraordinarily freeing and liberating, but it touched something really deep inside me. And I, I knew that everybody in, in the world has that capacity, has that yearning for connection, has that, that wanting to not just be seen themselves, but for others to see them. And I just, I just, like a like a moth to a flame I was like wow this is this is a woman that I want to you know um die you know metabolize her teachings and and <laughs> and digest and sit in her in her in her energy so I I and I love um the power and the clarity that you have when you show up you're fully present in everything that you do and fully giving openly rawly but with such loving clarity there's a truth that I love about the way that you move in the world, but it has such a really strong, stable, uh, motherly, loving, uh, you know, even when it's clear and could be seen as, you know, kind of uh, very, it's it's Carly, it's very truthful and direct, but there's a loving essence in that that makes it feel safe mm. to hear it. And I also um, have really enjoyed and found a lot of um, inspiration and medicine from the sharings that you've been um, uh, doing through um, different social media channels around racism and the BIPOC movement. And they've been an incredible source of medicine for me while Mm -hmm. I unpack my own white privilege and bias. Um, And I just feel so honoured to have you here and mm-hmm. you're just such an inspiring light in the world not just to me but I know to many others who are at this time really struggling with particular parts of life you know community with themselves yeah. and um, and who they are and looking for that place within themselves to feel like they're belonged and home and seen yeah so- thank you <laughs> I could go on. I could go on, Melanie. No, nope. <laughs> well, you must. No, I'm just you know, uh, those are all just such generous and uh, generous and loving words, and I'm I'm going to receive them. And I want to, you know, you know, I I want to be clear um, on a couple things. One is that you know. I thank you for saying, oh, you know, it's Kali, but you say it in such a way because that hasn't always been the case. You know, um, I, I have, uh, you know, God is divine has imbued me with the ability to speak. That's my air. And, um, and I have used it to harm people in my younger years. I mean, just to, and, uh, and then I had to come to the realization that I was really also humming I was that the harm was not, you know, um, you know, something that I wanted to carry and something I wanted to do. And I was also harming myself and the earth. Violence is violence, you know, and any, even a thought is violent. Right. So thank you for that, because I, you know, um, I I'm working on surrendering um, myself in a, to others. And so when I show up you know, as lo- as much as I want to take credit for all those beautiful things you said, and this is not me poo-pooing anything that you sort of pushing it away. Really, it's an opportunity to just really kind of let myself belong to the divine and that I kind of move my, um, or she, or moves my personality, you know, not out of the way, just a little bit over to the left, <laughs> you know, and, um, and um, uh, allows me to um, 
be a channel for um, her level of understanding, comprehension, consciousness, maybe. Anyway, that's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, in the world right now, we need that vulnerability and openness and we don't need that that lovely packaged kind of ideal idealistic way of living and being woman and and being a global citizen it's now time to you know let's uh pull everything out you know i mean we all have those parts of ourselves that um are not so uh, that are a little bit like cringeworthy like oh i did that oh you know like maybe yeah. i should have I think, you know, the medicine that comes through with, you know, showing up in that completely, that complete surrender and allowing that to come through you is an act of absolute self-compassion and love to, to understand that, you know, that the, that the journey is not linear, that it's a very big and multitude uh, and multi-leveled experience where we're really filling out and leaning into the edges, even the not so good ones, even the ones where we're going, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So how, like, I, I, I want to ask you on that um, starting there. So how do you metabolize that for yourself? Um, maybe you could share a little bit, you know, of that Carly-esque that we just spoke about, you know, um, how you metabolize that sense of, oh, that, you know, that cringeworthy that a lot of people are conditioned to run away from and just kind of, I'll just busy myself over here instead of leaning into it and seeing it as an opportunity to really cultivate a deeper understanding of themselves and move closer to that medicine that is in them because that same stuff that's cringeworthy is the same stuff that's coming from an alchemized yeah. med medicine space. So how have you moved with that and still shown up in, in the world to, you know, give your work? Well, I mean, I think actually you just, I mean, you just said it really clearly that that cringeworthy is also the place of medicine. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, what, what makes us cringe isn't what's being said in, within us. It's, um, it, it's our, our ego's natural attraction to take it and distort it and make it something um, unkind, right? But you're right. You, I mean, you really just said it. It's that, it, it's that it's the medicine. So in those moments, what I've learn to do and, and by no means do I have this down you know it's always it's a practice every single time I mean sometimes it's more natural than others but when I'm when I'm like you know which I've had a lot of reasons to be here in the United States this year you know um and actually I, I you know I slipped out at one point um and so Kali you know she's the destructor and she's fire and all that stuff and and she has a real relevance and so we have to take that in. You're, you're like you say, metabolize. We have to take that in and go, okay, um, what wants to be served in place of what's existing? What wants to be born so that this can die? I mean, because isn't she destruction? Do I have her right? Is that Kali? Yeah, she's destruction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she she takes the she thing she hospices what must die so that something brilliant, something true, something loving, something worthy can grow. It's you know, like, she's like, let's get the weeds out 
Um, and so she's the destroyer, not for the simple joy of destruction, but so she is the protector of what must live, really, um, which is truth in my world, truth, beauty, and love. So um, anyway, so how I do that, you know, it's, I've never actually thought about it, but I, but I recognized it immediately when you asked me the question was that I handed over to the part of me that has a higher consciousness. I handed over to the divine creator, the ancestors, the angels. You know, I handed over to that part that's always with me, always within me. Um, and then there's times where they see me going out with my flame and they're like, and back. <laughs> and that always, and you know, my husband's in the next room, I'm sure listening. And, you know, when we first met, there were plenty of times where he's like, okay, let's do good cop, bad cop, you know, <laughs> I'll be the good cop. And I, you know, over the years, I hope that I've, uh, I've learned from him and learned from the divine. It's like, you know, you don't have to tear it down to, um, in order to, you know, be heard. Um, uh, in fact, tearing it down sometimes will actually be the thing that makes people turn away. Yeah. Like I said, I don't always get it right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a growing, it's a learning, it's a leaning into, it's, you know, it's um, it's it's mastering the craft of, you know, the energy of, of you know, anger and fire, you know, it's not easy to play with at times. I, I wonder um, if I'll master it. I don't know, you know, we'll have to see as I get older, you know, it's like, I'm definitely softer than I was 10 years ago, but there's still like, um, the there's still the part of me that wants to pull the sword out and just particularly, as I said earlier in this year, or I just want to go, and, and, and maybe there's a call for that. Maybe there's a, you know, maybe that's necessary sometimes. Um, it's not necessarily that the divine is soft, you know, it's not always, okay, let me just say this in a politically correct way. Um, you know, I, so I will say this when it's time, I will say things in a very direct way and a, in a very kind of blunt way but it's nothing at the level of where I could have been, where you would have been amputated. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> you know, yes. you know, I'm like, put, put the mask on kind of thing yeah. you know, over here. And they're like, well, we're outside. I'm like, we're all outside. Put the mask on. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not, this is not something we're negotiating. I'm not talking to you about this, but I'm like, but they still have their legs and arms. So <laughs> I can relate to that. Melanie, so much. And I think, you know, there's a misconception often with um, spirituality and with kind of um, putting this kind of work out into the world or showing up in this way um, that you've got to kind of not be having those feelings that you want to amputate someone um, because they won't put on a mask or because, you know, it's just you're infuriated, you know. And I think there's a lot of work to be done there with dismantling that type of um idealized image of what it is to be a woman particularly because a woman's not allowed to be furious uh and oh. and you know and spiritual woman because we all have to be zen like but you know i can completely i'm with you on that because you know i can decapitate people <laughs> i love that you said that everything you just said though I love that you said that, you know, that as spiritual, it's supposed to look like we have butterflies, <laughs> you know, around us and we're walking on clouds and, and, um, and I think that's why so many people don't actually follow through with their own spiritual practice because the, um, 
the idealism of it is 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 not reachable. Mm. You know, I, I love that you said that. It's just another box. It's just another expectation. And so um, I think you know that yeah, dispelling dispelling some of those myths around what it is to be not just woman but a spiritual woman. It's messy, and it's dirty sometimes, and it's relevant to to want to decapitate someone. <laughs> so, or, and, and, you know, it may be necessary, yes. and it may be necessary. You know, and um, and I love that you said that we're you know we're not supposed to be furious. I mean, my elders named me Shante Petawi, which is Lakota for Fireheart Woman. They know who I am, mm. and that naming was an initiation in you carry the fire. Mm. so bring it yeah you know and um you're absolutely right we're told you know you know we all know the stories we're told to be nice and all that thing you're too emotional whatever and it's like you know um yes and uh you know I can be nice and um the nicest thing I can do now is cut that shit down yeah that's the nicest thing I can do and um but if all we are uh, look let me just say this I don't trust anybody who doesn't have hate and rage Mm or anger. That's, I just don't trust you. I just don't, you know, because that's part of the spiritual spectrum, you know, but if all we are is hate and rage, then we, then there's something else going on. There's something that hasn't had um, the, uh, hasn't been answered, hasn't had the space to be visible. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we lock up rage and fury and anger in in the closet, then we're going to explode. We're all going to explode. And then that, what that means is we're going to let the, the weeds, the vines kill us, not just us, but whatever needs to be protected and saved because we are the elders becoming. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, too, when we start to become resourced within, then we get in touch with those uncomfortable feelings and that sense of uh, that stuff that we were told to exile or push away, or there was no place for that. And so when those, when we start to move deeper within ourselves, there's this uh, activation within and all this stuff rushes to the surface and um, it can be kind of quite um, confronting and, you, you know, fear inducing and create this kind of, oh, I've got to get away from this. This isn't, this isn't right. Cause this doesn't feel good. And so um, what I like, how, you when you when you uh, were being uh, raised when you were a young young when was your a home a ha moment where when was the moment that you just knew that this fire and who you were and what you were to bring to the world and and communicate and um, when did you know that that was what you were going well that that was the pathway for you? Wow, not as a child. I mean, I think intuitively I knew as a child, I mean, intuitively I knew as a child, I actually thought I was going to be the first black Episcopalian priest. I loved creator so much. It wasn't, you know, I, I was going to church at the time and it wasn't the church. It was just that I loved God um, so much. And so I thought I'm going to be, and that's the only form I knew was church. So I thought I'm going to be the priest, but then, you know, life didn't turn out that way for lots of reasons. And, um, I, I was an angry child actually due to racism. I won't go into that story too much. I didn't really know what to do with it. I was very, very destructive, very destructive. Um, uh, but it wasn't really till 
I was in my early 30s. I was a late bloomer. And so I just want to say to all the late bloomers, right on, keep coming. You're not, you're not behind the curve. You're right actually where you're supposed to be because anything you were experienced before will be part of the elixir that makes you now. So, um, but I was a late bloomer. And uh, when I, um, I'm trying to remember your full question. Uh, uh, when I realized, what did you, how did you say? The aha moment that, you know, where you knew that the pathway was, you know, fire and and um, yeah. and communication was the vessel, you know, was the was the way. You know, it's it's funny because people had said things to me. I remember now back in college, my teacher saying it was in international relations course. And she had said she came up to me after I gave a presentation and I gave a presentation with a young man who was um, pretty severely handicapped. He was in a wheelchair and he also um, took a long, I, I don't know, I'm, I don't remember what the handicap was, but it took a long time for him to get his words out. And I just like looked at people like, do not finish this boy, this young man's words. Do not finish his, you know, like I didn't say it. I'm like, let him take, I'm like, because our presentation was going to go long. And I just looked at everybody like, we have the time. You know, and I said, we, we, I looked at him, I said, we have the space. So I wouldn't let anybody finish his words. And so afterwards, um, my teacher came up to me and she said, you know, when you talk, people listen. And I didn't really hear that. And then it was really coaching. When I started teaching coaching courses, um, there was just this undeniable access for me to kind of just now speak truth. I don't know why, but you know, when people are taking those kind of transformational courses, um, that the way we taught them anyway, where they had to experience themselves, they weren't just going to do coaching on somebody. They had to experience it and open themselves up, which is, can be terrifying. It's easy to be a doctor. It's not easy to be the patient on the slab. Right. So, you know, um, when they were the patient, so to speak, when they were the client, you know, um, there was this place I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not, you don't get to hide. You don't get to play. You don't get to squirrel. If you really want to do this work called coaching, you have to, you have to know what it, you're asking your clients of. So I would just go in there and pull, you know, um, sometimes gently, but mostly, and I would just breathe fire. And um, that's when I, you know, and when I could see, you know, that it actually had relevance, that it actually lit them up, not just burnt them down, that, I, that I'm like, oh, wow, I have this, I have this ability, this power, this strength that needs to be in the world. And I think it really kind of started then. Mm. Wow. Yeah. 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 Like I, I love how that it's interesting how when you, the at home, the aha moments, the moments that you go, oh, wow, this is, you know, and they were being reflected by other people and situations around you. It's really interesting to see and hear how spirit, how whatever you believe to be outside of us that's kind of orchestrating this whole amazing, you know, what we call life, how that comes through in different forms and how that mirrors and how that's reflected in, you know, from that, you know, from your teacher that said, you know, people really listen to you. Um, and I'd love to, you to talk, you did a TEDx talk back in 2012. I love the talks that you did actually. They were really, um, just, yeah, I love what you were saying in them. Um, 
it was about um, the power of naming, which um, as we, which as I did in the bio, um, is the name of your book, The Power of Na- Naming the Journey Towards Your Soul's Indigenous Nature. Uh, you said in the talk that we have forgotten who we are to each other and who we are to the world. We've forgotten to belong to one another. And I'd love to talk um, about belonging uh, with you because I think belonging is a very misunderstood uh, word where we feel that we have to belong to um, a a family, a bloodline. Um, But for me, belonging is more about belonging, as you said, in in, um, um, beginning your Indigenous nature, it's that innate nature that you have within yourself. And so I'd love to talk to you um, if you could, you know, how you came into that knowing of belonging and, and, and teaching and guiding others in that and what your idea, what, what's your take on belonging in your words? Oh, and, you know, if it, if it doesn't fit with yours, please just kind of let's work together. Um, First of all, belonging requires you to accept the fact that you're going to be scared in the process. So the acceptance then allows for the entryway to courage, right? If you accept that this that belonging is is going to ask you to be seen as you are. So when I when we started this and I read that poem that I wrote, I know who I am, and that is a prayer right? Like for me, because there are sometimes I can pretend like I don't want to, you know, I don't, don't know this, or I, I don't fit here. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know who you are. You may not know this. You may not know how you may not know why, but you know, you, you know, this part of you now, you'll, you'll know different parts later. You knew other things before. Some of those are useful. Some of those will be um, woven in. Some of those will be left aside and come alive later. You have to be willing to accept the truth of who you are, the beauty. See, we're really good. We all know this. We're really good at pointing out the points where are not so beautiful. So you got that handled. I don't have to worry about that with you. And if you don't have it handled, just ask a couple of your friends or, you know, uh, the person you're sitting next to, they'll be happy to share the things that don't work. (laughs) But what you're not good at admitting, what we're not, not just you out there, but all of us is who we are, our beauty. And if our beauty is crying to us, is, is singing to us, is praying to us for it to belong, for us to belong to it, for us to accept the beauty of who we are. And, and all of that, and, and the parts that are cringeworthy, as you say, and to step into them and then to allow them, it's kind of like, you know, um, maybe one of those sci-fi movies where the person, you know, find something, a sword or something. And it's like, but then the sword has to teach you how to use it. It's not merely just to cut heads. It's like, you know, what can it be and do or whatever the metaphor or analogy might be. But it is about accepting who you are and the beauty and the truth and the love and all of that so that you can first belong to love that you can belong to your own beauty, that you can belong to yourself. And this is not an egoic moment. This is a this is a high, holy, humble, down the ground moment, right? And so when you can belong truly to yourself, 
not just the personality aspects to yourself, but to the high mother, to the, to the holiness of yourself, then, then you're ready to be, to be utilized in the world. Then you're ready to be, um, to be of purpose in the most humbling, loving, highest consciousness, holiest moments ever. And they may not look like that in the moment. It may not look like that, but that is what it is. And that's where true belonging comes. And then belonging comes from you because you see yourself, you accept yourself, you are yourself and you learn and you're, you're in the dance and the flow of becoming more and more and letting go of the things that no longer you know, fit into the place of belonging. And then of course you see all else. You know, you belong to the trees. You know, you belong to the dirt, the snails, to the sky. You hear the songs being conducted by the sun and the moon and, and, and you belong to that song. And then you realize you belong to the water. And then, oh my gosh, I belong to that person, even if I disagree with them. And we think belonging oftentimes means what I, what I define as community um, club, where club is sameness. You know, like we're all the same, we think the same, we like the same things, we vote the same way. You know, we spiritually the same way. And that's clubness. That's based on likeness. And that's fine. It's fun, you know, to belong to people who think the same. But then we don't really grow. And community, which I describe as being in communion, is around belonging to people who some might, you know, they feel very differently, vote differently. They actually think you shouldn't be that way, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but we belong to each other because there is a place um, of, of unifying love. And because we are different, um, it actually enhances us. It strengthens our resilience around belonging. Now that belonging doesn't mean I accept your version of me, but you have to accept me and I have to accept you based on who we are. And then there's times to walk away with people, away from people, but typically there in belonging, there's this place of, okay, we don't have to love everything about you and you don't have to love everything about me. And can you still let me in? Mm. Will you still let me into your heart? This is the place of belonging to me. But it does mean I have to surrender um, the likeness category and the, um, the need to be liked mm. and the need to prove and to let myself be vulnerable and raw and seen in my ugliest moments. And to also be seen in my highest holiest moments, which is often the harder of the two for me and most people. Mm. Yeah, because <clears throat> belonging, um, you know, in like, like as you said, likeness, um, like, you know, likeness or belonging to a community group or, you know, a, a group where you share the same interests. Um, I, I, you know, belonging has been a really interesting word to unpack for me because you know, you, you kind of re-raise in a, you know, uh, to believe that it is like likeness is belonging, but you've got to find your tribe and that's where you start to feel belonged. But it's actually a hollow vessel because, as you say, you know, likeness is you've got to, you've got to, uh, to belong. You've, it, there's got to be a respect and an honouring of the other person and it's not always that you're always going to agree, as you, as you mentioned. Uh, so 
in in you know what's interesting in the world is we're all very focused on community and building community but we're all very selective in how the community's built. So we're not necessarily looking to our neighbours and the people around us um, who are, who challenge us or who are not ideally suited to who we are. We actually outsource and control and move people in a particular way in order to feel that we're part of a community, that we're part of some, that we belong. But they're yeah. all the same. And so you're in danger then of it's an, it's an empty vessel. It's a hollow vessel. There is no belonging when you can't really show up as, abs, as absolutely who you are, at, as you said, as your most, you know, um, challenging moments and your most, at your holiest as well. So why did you, why, you know, why, why do you think that belonging is so important? particularly right now? Oh, particularly right now. So I'll, I'll start with the first part. And, and because I belong to an indigenous tribe, a clan, the Red Wolf clan, I, I have learned what real belonging is, you know. Um, now, I want to be clear, there are some, there's one or two parameters, excuse me. <coughs> so I've learned to be in, in this tribe, in this, in this, you know, community of people for almost, well, actually not almost, over 30 years. Is it over 30 years? Uh, no, no, almost 30 years. So I was right the first time. Um, and some of them come and go. There's a mainstay of us. Um, and yes, we're all committed to the this red road path, which is the Native American work for our spirituality. So we do have that in common. But we are all very different people and have different ideals and expectations and, and values. And I love that even though we're really different, we come together if someone's suffering or if someone's having a place of um, high acknowledgement that we gather, um, that it doesn't matter if that person kind of pisses me off every once in a while, you know, or I don't like this or that, you know, it's not about liking this and that, can you love them? Can you love? And it's a real test of love and, and a teacher, really, not a test so much as a teacher. Now, having said that, there's some parameters. Um, you know, in the place of belonging, it is extremely challenging for me. Uh, I, I, at this moment, I will be quite honest with you and say that we have, um, sorry, I'm moving my camera. I didn't mean to do that. I'm talking and I'm looking down. Um, we have a chief. We used to have another chief who I loved, Joe, Ch Joe Chasing Horse. I love Joe. And Joe's where, who initiated me into becoming a sun dancer. And I done, I've done many, many ceremonies with Joe over the decades. And I, I just love him and Winterfred, his wife and his children. And uh, Joe no longer is our chief. And so he was replaced by another chief who is a racist. Every, you know, look at me, I'm brown and black. You know, to him, I'm not native, I'm not Indian. And so whenever I go to ceremonies, he is incredibly unkind and rude and um, shaming of me in front of people, always in front of people. Um, this may be my greatest teaching now. You know, my initial response is he's not my chief, you know, um, and I'm not coming back. You know, I didn't sign up for this. But you know, as I sit here with you, I'm wondering if this is one of an opportunity 
for me to not try to get him to like me or see me or to change? How do I allow myself to see him belonging to me without tolerating his isms? It doesn't mean I, I'm going to tolerate it or swallow anything. I'm not that person. Um, so what does belonging mean here for me? And honestly, I don't know. It just literally came up in the moment. So, um, so that's in my moment. But in the moment globally, I would say um, one of the reasons I started doing ind Indigenous ceremonies for non-Native people is I wanted to teach them what it was to come back again and again um, you know, I either do ceremonies for people who are having, um, who are doing something that needs to be ceremonialized in the moment. So I wanted to teach them with their, the people that they've collected, what it is to belong, that the ceremony isn't like a, a birthday party or a going away party um, where we come and, you know, wish you well and give you gifts or, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, and then leave you alone. It's, it's, it's more like we come together and then we're ceremonializing you. And now these people are your sponsors as you move in, into what has been initiated, whether it is the initiation of the tears, meaning that you're grieving the loss of a, uh, could be a someone you love or could be the loss of your um, identity. You're, you're shifting identities, you don't know what it is. You're no longer this. Or, um, or it is the naming ceremony or the blessing of land. And so it's like, well, the land is being blessed, but you are the caretaker of the land. And so there's this new identity in you as shift. So these people that come together that to honor you are also there to hold you as you grow in this identity. And, to, and their job is to come up to you and go, hey, hey, so where's the part of you that is the, you know, the ancestor of this land? And to help steer you back, or to or to say, did you did you notice that beauty you brought? How you're holding yourself? Their job is to hold you and to be with you, so that you don't have to grow up alone. In America, I don't know what it's like for you out in Australia, but in America, we you know we're we pride ourselves on you know pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's never ever been part of what actually happens here, but that is what we're taught. And that's not how the, the country was created. Uh, that was done on slaughter, so I won't go there. But it's not, it's not true. And, um, and so there's this place where like, you're just supposed to take it and then go on your own and deal with it. Go see a therapist, which I highly recommend, but like your friends and family don't need to know about it. Or if they do need to know about it, then you're just a victim. You know, we're just kind of all messed up over here. Where are the young ones on the continent, uh, on this world? We're the young continent. So I'm really wanting to teach belonging because it's a form of maturation. Like I said earlier, which is a gateway to courage, which then, which then is the gateway to wisdom. Mm. And we, we need much more of that here in America. I don't know about where you are. <laughs> we need some wise people, not just the smart techie ones. Yeah, we've got that in Australia as well. Yeah, we need a lot of <laughs> a lot of wising up as well over here. I love that 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 idea of belonging being that you know that you said that's about having courage and really looking and not being afraid uh to be seen as who you are. Um and and having you know, you know, the 
those guides around you to remind you of that because I think that's a definitely a tradition that's well it's lost that that kind of wisdom's been lost through you know through the uh, the generations through the ancestors because you know I, you know we're all we all came from an indigenous um, an indigenous tribe at one point right back when you know if you kind of track right back your ancestral line lineage is what I'm doing right now is we all come from tribes at one point you, you know back right back when and so can you expand right. when we use when you use the word indigenous you know for indigenous for me because uh, I know that can be quite a confronting word but I love the word indigenous because I just feel that it's a word that's best describe an innate the innateness of a human being, the blueprint, the natural, the it's it's not even it's it's even deeper and and more um, uh, uh, more medicine than than just saying you, you know, your natural self, your indigenous self. Just feels like it's got roots much deeper in who you are. So can you um, just expand a little bit more mm-hmm. on what you mean by when you say your indigenous self? Yeah, sure. And so let me say, how, you know, in North America, how it's used. Oftentimes, we um, say Indigenous to talk about Native people, Native American people. Okay. Um, and the, when I use it, I, I mean, it depends on the context, right? So sometimes I use it solely to just define that. It depends on the conversation, the context of what we're talking about. But there's also, and how I wrote about it in um, my book, and, and I think in the TED talk, I spoke about it a bit, um, is that we're all, first of all, we're all indigenous to this planet. We're all indigenous to that mother earth. And do we experience ourselves that way? Are we having a relationship with this planet in that way that would have us know our indigenous self? You know, we're all rooted, whether we feel rooted or not, whether we tend to that rootedness, we're all rooted to the same cosmos as everybody else. And, um, and when you allow yourself to recognize and care for your indigenous self, then you're beyond the personality, right? Your life takes on meaning because you belong to this earth, to these other human beings, and that you are rooted in something much bigger than your personality or what you wear, or what you have, or what you can do. You know, you are rooted into the beingness, the soul of who you are. And it's a consistent practice to be indigenous. You don't become indigenous. It's a consistent practice to become one. Um, well, I don't know if you become, become again and again and again, again, maybe, um, you know, uh, worthy of being indigenous to this earth, to the sky, to the people, to yourself. What's your definition? How do you talk about it? Yeah, I'm indigenous. You. Yeah, because we have that in Australia as well. We have indigenous um, peoples of Australia as well. And so there's, you know, there's always that kind of um, cultural context as well to move through. But, you know, that indigenous is that belonging to the self and belonging to the earth and remembering where you've come from, uh, no matter where you're from in the world. And 
rooting into the roots of your ancestors way back when, not just the ancestors, you know, a couple of generations back, but really rooting in right to where they've originated from. And when you start to do that uh, and you start to move take the layers you peel those layers off and when you see where you've become where you've come from you get a better idea of who you are in indigenous indigenously in your nature and you can see that there's very specific um traditions that a lot of uh a lot of cultures are sharing in their own and they've moved in in a particular way it's not always presented in the same way but there's some really core fundamental practices and ways of living and and cultural ideas that we've all there's only there's only like a collection of so many it's not a huge vast array of um of practices but when we start to move back into our, you know, not just our ancestors, but back and 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 also within the self and move the layers of the self off too, then we start to become more of who we were when we when we before we even arrived, you know, that spark of of when your soul or when you um you, the incarnation process starts, you know, even before the womb, even before you're in the mm. womb of the mother. It's almost like that um you're going back to that original place source yeah yeah and it's it's like you're not it's like you're not in control anymore and I kind of don't even feel that really fits right on but it's like you give way to something that's so great uh within you and without you around you that it becomes in like indigenous not natural because I've done natural but it becomes like you're moving with one with that energy like there's no you know um uh there's fear there's sometimes scarcity but you see it much more clearer and you go I'm not going to go down that way I can see you and you know respect that you're there but I'm moving down this because I'm compelled there's something moving you on the path that's for me indigenous yeah that's beautiful yeah I love that, you know, so <clears throat> I liken that to allowing, I don't know if it's true, you'll have to tell me, I liken that to um, allowing all that is to consistently speak to you. Um, I, I was going to say influence you, I, maybe the better word is guide, but I like the word influence because it takes me away from myself and into something much bigger. In terms of the actual ancestral lineage, um, that's something I can't, a lot of people of African descent in North America can't do because um, some of us can because they have the generational experience. Um, but um, it wasn't possible for me because the records that aren't kept here for us, mm. you know, um, but some can. I can I can do a DNA trace, which I have done, uh, but I can't do a lineage trace beyond certain ancestral it stops you know which is kind of a bummer I wish I had access to that yeah (laughs) and I think you know too even with the ancestral stuff is that even for me you know using it more of a spiritual base kind of practice so going back in my mind's eye and meeting and starting to feel what that what the essence or the kind of the energy of what was then and seeing whether I can connect that with my natural yearning now 
and matching yeah. that too. So it feels more like it might not be spot on, right on, um, you know, because the practices in my lineage and, you know, are just, they're non-existent for a very long time. And so I'm going back, you know, to the ones that didn't even have names, you know, uh-huh. and then bringing through and seeing, wow, okay, this is interesting. That's kind of matching with that. And that's, I've got an inclination to move in that direction and, and, and just playing with that to see, you know, what kind of feels uh, Indigenous, what feels you know, that I'm being led down a particular pathway and then kind of, you know, playing with that. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved, in your TEDx talk in 2013, I love, like you told the story about a gathering that you attended, a Native, a Native American reservation where a woman elder oh. was conducting a, a, the ceremony and speaking Danae. Oh, right. That was the um, pipe ceremony, I believe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And that you knew word for word, you translated it word for word, even though you'd never, you'd ne- you've never learnt or you didn't know Danae. And so yeah. I really, it really resonated when you uh, shared that story. And I'd love to talk to you more about that because when you know, I'd, I'd love to know your kind of uh, your experience and your take on what happened then, and 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 how you were able to translate that language, because it, it's like that resource. It's like you it tapped into something. You know, it's like that resources within something. I'd love you to speak more about that. Wow, God, I had forgotten about that. So funny, I forgot I'd even talked about that. Um, so, uh, we were in a place called Big Mountain, which is in the four corners, um, of, uh, you know, um, New Mexico, uh, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado, I think. I think those are the four corners. I might be, I might be wrong. But anyway, we were at the big, on a big mountain. That's where we held our, um, our Sundance, uh, and we, when you hold a Sundance, which you can look that up if you don't, if, you, if people don't know what that is, um, then every, um, once a year, we all come together to smoke the pipe. Um, that's part of the ceremony that's not in the seven day ceremony at that particular time. But once a year, we come together to smoke the pipe, the chinupa is what it's called. And so um, there were, you know, and as usual, when we come together, the elders come. They, uh, we ask the elders. The elders don't have to be asked. They just come <laughs> and they come and, and they speak. And um, we're on Diné land. Diné is, um, in English, it's called Navajo, um, but it's Diné. Um, and so um, there was an elder who only spoke Diné. And so it's snowing and um, it's cold and we're standing around and um, you know, I always think, first of all, when the elders come, it's, first of all, it's such an honor to me, any elder who speaks to me, because um, I don't have any elder, I don't have any lineage elders. All my, my mother and my father died when I was young, my grandparents died, my mother died, you know, I don't have that. So whenever there is an elder, I'm just really humble. And, um, and so we were just, I was just standing with everybody else listening and looking at the person and listening. But I'll, I'll be honest, one of the um, one of the beautiful things that I'm imbued with is intuition. And um, I, I didn't know that back then. I didn't know. So I'm just standing there listening. And, and when you're listening 
and we're all, you know, we all have intuition. You know, I just happen to um, know how to utilize mine, um, but not necessarily the time. There's, I, well, what I will say, I'm trying, I'm all over the place. I'm just kind of feeling it. I just, I'm about to cry. I'm trying not to actually. Um, I could feel her. That, I mean, and it was like this. I can feel things. And it's like when I feel something, what I'm feeling is a story that's being told um, ethereally, not verbally, you know? Mm. Um, and so I just, I was standing there and I was crying in the snow. And my friend looked at me and she goes, why are you crying? And I go, because of what she said. And she goes, but you don't speak to Nay. And I said, no. And then this gentleman, Fabian, who I call my brother, he's Danae, he turned to me and go, what did she say? And I said, you know, she's talking about, you know, she's crying about how she left, you know, in their tradition, they leave the umbilical cord. Once the baby's born, they bury it on the land where they live and that she got moved off the land by the coal miners, um, the coal industry. And she was crying about that, that she couldn't find the, the exact place of where that cord was buried so she could rebury it. And my, my brother Fabian goes, that's exactly what she said. How do you know that? How, how do you know that? And I was like, I don't know. You know, it was such a kind of a daisy moment. Cause I'm like, you know, it's not, it's almost like otherworldly. Like I'm, I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm taken to her space, her energy. I'm not really in my own. And I said, I don't know. And I will say that is the first and last time that has ever happened, <laughs> you know, but it was that place where I was like, whoa. And so I've had other experiences that are similar, not exactly that I, I can translate what someone said, but I am picking up on what is being, what is happening or what is being said, even though it's not being said to me or they're not speaking. So those moments are more regular, more regularly irregular, I'll say. Um, I'm, they're not strangers to me, but that particular translating thing, no, I can't do, I've never had that happen again. Mm. <laughs> but it was remarkable. It was a teacher in the moment of um, what's possible. Mm. Mm. Can you expand a little bit on your intuition? How did you know? How do you know? Can you, you know, because being resource within is really finding that, that deep sense, that, that knowing, that intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, yeah. And if you, it's hard to find if you don't have a really strong sense of who you are defined uh -huh. of your parents, because I, you know, I can resonate with that from, you know, um, I get that sense that you had that as well. You know, that you're almost going to be myself mm -hmm. or as close to myself as I possibly can, um, mm -hmm. growing up. Uh, it's really hard to find if you don't have that defiance or that fire, um, and it can be really, it, or, or you don't have the, the teaching, you don't have yes. someone who's guided you in that, um, from small. So how could you speak to, could you speak to us a little bit more about how did you, how do you know it's your intuition? How did you fine tune that? Well, I, I'd love to tell you a really beautiful story. I don't have one, <laughs> but I, so <clears throat> I will say I was always intuitive but I didn't know it as a young person. And it got, I think it got poo-pooed out of me, you know, like, and it really wasn't again until the coaching world 
So I started teaching coaching. That's, or actually, I think I was taking coaching at the time. Someone said, God, you're really intuitive. And I didn't actually even know what the word meant. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and they're like, well, you kind of intuit things. You, you hear things, you see things. And then I thought about it, you know, and I thought, oh yeah, I'd always said things or did things like I, you know, we had gotten, you know, this is again, another story about someone leaving and someone going at the church when I was a kid, I was eight or so years old, maybe nine. And we had had the most fabulous priest. I loved him. He was gay. He had his lover there. This is the early seventies. It was, it was like, I loved him. And, but the church didn't like the fact that he was gay. And I'm not sure it was Caribbean people and black people. And I think they also wanted a black priest, someone that looked like them. And, and I was like, I love him. I was so distraught when he left. And so um, they brought this black priest in and it really had nothing to do with him being black, but immediately, and I said, mom, I don't like him immediately. And she said, why? I said, he's a liar. And I felt that way. Even as a kid, when I saw Nixon on TV, I didn't know him and he was the president. And I said, mom, he's a bad person. And I think kids know that. I think children have, I think we all have intuition. We all sense, we all feel. And a lot of us, like myself, got it, you know, you know, that's, you know, that's just your, you know, thinking. And I'm like, no, that's our sensing. That's our feeling. And so when that person said that to me in the coaching class, I took it seriously. I thought, huh. And I, um, and then part of the coaching curriculum, I'm sorry, I'm talking about coaching so much, but it's true. It's just, it was at that time period was a book by Laura Day. And I, I'm looking to see if I have it. And it was about, I don't, I don't have it, but it was about, um, you know, uh, um, engaging with your intuition. I'm trying to remember the name of it. And so you write, it's this book where she just asks you questions and you write the answers. And, and at the end, you write, you know, all your answers down. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. So, you know, she asks these questions like, you know, I don't know, what do you do with your off time? Or, you know, I don't know. They're, they're so unlike connected. I'm like, I don't know what this is about. Well, you know, so I'm writing all the answers down. And um, at one point there's a description like of this person I'm gonna meet, you know, in my life and he's going to be in the medical field. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna meet a doctor. I'm like, ooh, right? <laughs> you know, and he's gonna be this and he's gonna be that. And then it was like, and he's, and I'm, I, I apologize in advance for this y'all. And he's gonna be white. And I'm like, no, <laughs> nope, that's not gonna happen. Nope. And it's not that I was anti-white when I'd gotten to a place where I had dated a lot of, I dated inter iterationally and I hadn't been treated well by family members. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna date black people. And so when it came time for me, to, I, I got on match.com, this is now years ago. And uh, I, you know, I only chose black and there were no guys really interested. And then I said, okay, black and native. And I'm like, nope, that didn't work. Nobody, sh nobody shut up. I'm like, okay, black, native, Latino. Nope, nobody shut up. Black, native, Latino, Asian. Nope, nobody shut up. I'm like, really, creator? Really? I'm like, okay, black. And they're like, and I heard in my head, honor all four directions, honor, you know, all the nations. And sure enough, I met this guy. He wasn't a doctor, but he was in the biotech field, meaning that he created a test for, you know, that helped heal people. 
And I, the whitest guy, what I mean by that is like, he's a nerd, you know, dances like this, you know, uh, but he's the love of my life, you know? So um, I really, when people say something about you, this is what I want to say to your, to the people who are watching your audience, take it seriously. When people say something to me and you don't need, you know, even if it's something not polite or it's not necessarily not polite, something you don't want to hear or something you're ashamed or embarrassed to hear. Maybe, you know, how many people had to tell me you're like, you're killing her with that sword. You don't need to be the bomb in the room. Equally listen to that as you would someone tell you, you know, you've got a talent for, you know, you're quite natural at you know, I think this could be something for you. We're we're almost willing to push those away as fast as we're to say, you don't know me. I, I don't do those bombs. I have to, that person was rude. Or we take the bombs and we don't take the, oh, that person doesn't know me. They don't know, I'm not intuitive. I just, you know, got it right at that moment. You gotta listen because those are the angels. Those are the ancestors who are trying to speak to you in your dreams and in your waking life and you're not listening. You're not listening, Melanie. And so they're sending someone that they can be a channel through. So that's kind of how it happened for me. People just said things at the right time or maybe it was time I was willing to listen. Yeah, yeah. Again, bringing that, <laughs> you know, that, that um, uh, you know, that, that, that we spoke about earlier that people come into your life and experiences come into your life and they mirror and show you where to go down. This is the pathway, you know, in a very, generally a very uh, subtle and no celebrationary way, you know. It's not like, you know, a big beam comes down from God and, you know, and it's it's spotlighted. Oh, it's so, yes. There's no music playing. Oh, That's no, it's you skin your knee and someone helps you and you realize, you know, you're not alone kind of thing. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you're the person picking someone up. I don't know. Um, could you give it um, on that? You know, I think you've really given it, um, given the listeners and uh, shared something that's really important, you know, to listen, uh, you know, to yourself in, um, you know, when you're skinning your knee or, you know, it's, other people coming through and and being open to how that how that um presents in your life could you maybe give us a practice or something or you know some kind of words um of how we could feel because i think particularly now in the world you know resourcing within is so important where you know we've been looking without our, around ourselves externally in governments organizations in community in others um, in even other beings to provide for us when it's in ourselves, you know, like where you know, everything that's happening around us is a is a is a uh, it's a mirror of what's going on inside of every single person and as a collective feeding into into that soup bowl and it's important now that we start to become we're starting and the pandemic has you know it's really shown you know stop go in kind of start to get your ducks in line really think about things start to you know who are you what's important here uh and you know moving us into a greater communion and deeper communion with who we are with our with that indigenous part of ourselves 
and finding that belonging, you know, and claiming that belonging for ourselves. So I'd love you to share something with with us, um, with those that are listening, of how they can help, something that could help them to feel more belonged to themselves, particularly with what's happening, you know, in the world right now. Wow. Okay. Okay. First, I want to say there is no coincidence around your timing of doing all these um, podcasts and your own, you know, work coming out in the world. You know, I really think creator finally got us to stop. I think, you know, this is all on purpose. Stop, 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 you know, and uh, it's not that I think creator brought the pandemic. I don't think that. I think that we brought our own dang pandemic, Um, but to stop. And here we've got this beautiful breath, breath and length of time. Well, let's let ourselves fall into it. So um, I'll say a couple of things and a couple of resources maybe. Um, So stop, stop and let yourself um, breathe. I highly recommend even a 10 minute meditation. You don't have to be good at it. Just a moment to stop and breathe. Your mind will be all over the place where it won't. That's okay. Just the practice. So start devoting yourself to yourself by creating some sort of practice where you get to stop. Um, I started again with the poem, which I said is a prayer. It's time you wrote a prayer of truth to yourself. And if it's too challenging to write in words, then cut out pictures and see yourself. Start with, I know who I am, because you do. You know what you know for now in this moment. And the more you recognize what you know in this moment, the more you'll recognize who you are and what you know as you move along. It'll grow. So if you don't want to write it, if you're not into the writing, if you want to sing it, if you're a singer, if you want to write it, you want to write it, great. And if that doesn't work for you, collage it you know, make a collage of your poem to yourself and then do your best to give it word because there is something beautiful. There's something resonant within ourselves to hear ourselves, both see it in visual, right? But to hear ourselves, drum it back into our ear because we have these beautiful eardrums to drum it back into our soul in terms of remembering who we are. So remember to remember. Okay, and that's an active practice and meditation will help you to remember who to remember. It will help you remember yourself because it will seat you in yourself. Um, in terms of resources, they're not anything I have to give you, but um, I, I work, not at work with, I follow, um, there's a beautiful human being called Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R. And he has a um, organization called the Center, wait, the Center of Action and Contemplation in New Mexico. And you can just receive his emails. Every day um, he sends out um, a letter of contemplation. He does it by week, by theme, right? Um, I don't remember this week's themes, but every week he has a theme. And every day he sends out um, something he or somebody among his people has written for you just to sit and contemplate. That's a form of meditation. That's just a form of meditating, meditating on what you've read. He is absolutely a living mystic. He is a living, breathing mystic. 
He's a humble Franciscan, um, former Catholic priest. And the funny thing about this man is um, I, I just found out about him a couple of years ago. And actually, I don't know how long he'll be on the planet because of his cancer. He was also on an Oprah story. But anyway, you want to get his meditations. They're, they don't cost you anything. I would go to my elders in New Mexico and I would just, you know, drive right there. And, um, and on the way there, I would always see this building and I go, God, I just want to pray. I just want to stop and pray there. But, you know, I'm going to go do ceremony and then I'm getting on a plane. And I'm headed back because they live in New Mexico and I live in Northern California. So we're states away. And it turns out once I became, you know, someone who received his emails, I look at his address. He was the address. Two doors down from my elder. Two doors down. You see how intuition works? It's crazy. So that's the resource. There's so many resources. Um, but the last resource I would say, when you can, as often as you can, go out and be in nature. Because we always have that more full of feeling and, uh, when we're out in nature. Because nature's job is to help us remember our nature, our truest nature. It has its own language, its own dialogue, its own sourcing, its own sense of identity and its own sense of communion and belonging, and it's calling to you. So as soon as you can, as often as you can, give yourself the practice of devotion, because the more you're with that nature, the more you'll know your own. I hope that helps. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and is there anything that you're doing right now, Melanie? And how do the, you know, anything you're doing, putting out into the world, or how can some pe people... Oh access your work you know I mean you've already given us I mean you've given us so much already um no. you know and and so much um medicine and and extraordinarily extraordinary wisdom and story and 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 inspiration so you just you being here really no so you're so kind to offer an opening you know I really the only thing I'm doing now is, and uh is I do the naming ceremonies which people can see on my website if you're, um, if you're in business or you're looking for how do I talk about myself, um, you know, and it's your time to be named, or if there is another ceremony I can do long distance with you, we can talk about that. I don't have any programs. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a, another book um, and considering running for Congress. So we'll see about, <laughs> we'll see about that. Oh, no, girl. But, uh, because I, but anyway, so... Um, if you're interested in that, um, feel free um, to just um, pop on the website at melaniedubarry.com. You can always send me an email, courage at my name.com, melaniedubarry.com. And you can always find me on Instagram. Um, I don't have any other real offerings other than, you know, um, I hold absolute love for you. That's my offering. I hold absolute <laughs> love for all of you. I can, and you know. I, I, I think, you know, uh, I'll, I'll link everything on the podcast of how they can mm. access your work as well. I think right now it's so Thank you. incredibly important to show up and, and, and to when you're ready, you know, if you're ready, you know, to really step out and start to, you know, and to, and to work particularly with you and call in who you are in a ceremonial and call uh, in a naming way, because I think it's a really important part of uh, resourcing yourself and finding who you are and moving into that beauty of who you are that you, as you mentioned earlier on, that's so 
difficult um, for us to see within ourselves. So um, I'll link everything. I'm excited about what you're writing um, and what's coming up and Congress. I mean, you know, that's amazing. amazing so it's been a real honor Melanie to have you and to share this time with you and um I've just felt so juiced up by the conversation I knew I kind of would coming into this and um I you know I'm taking you know pieces from it myself and and we'll be sitting in the next few days if not weeks metabolizing and processing the wisdom and inspiration and and just the energy that you bring to life and to con and, and to um, story and to conversation, um, it's a gift. And I just, you know, yeah, I'll be, I'll definitely be taking that forward and um, and sitting with that in my quiet moments uh, in the next um, in the next little while. Yeah. Um, um, wait, you're very kind, and I'm just going to take all that in. And I'm going to um, thank you so much for giving me um, the opportunity, permission to be in the space with the people that love and follow um, the mother way and what you're up to in the world, which is um, in dire need, crucial actually. So thank you for allowing me to be in the space of, uh, with your tribe, with your place of belonging. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Resourced Woman podcast series. You can subscribe to the series at www.brianiemontgomery.com to receive episodes and series updates straight into your inbox. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye for now.